everyone, and welcome back to Spilling the Spiritual Tea. I'm your host, Witchy Rose, and today we're going to be talking about divination and the tools that we use to, well, get our divination groove on. Um, this episode, we're basically doing an intro to the tools of spirituality and what they're used for when it comes down to divination. We're going to hit the topics of what divination really is, what different divination tools there are out there for you, if everyone can use them, what tools would I advise never to use, and why, the do's and don'ts of divination, and we're also going to talk a little bit about divine timing. All right, let's get going. So for those of you who... Um, know a little bit about spirituality or have started this journey with me we are now on episode three um if you're just starting out i would advise start with one and two because you really need those as your your good foundation before you start really getting into divination so we'll see you when you get back for those of you who have been here from the beginning hey i hope your day is going well I hope you have the best coffee, tea, edible, cigarette smoke you've ever had in your life today. I hope it really satisfies that craving and gets you going. What is divination? Well, the simplest form is divination is when you either use tools or your connection to spirit to foretell what is going to happen with a certain situation, a certain person, or generally in the near future. Now I know a lot of people, especially when I first started out, told me that this was evil tools, evil work. They were connected to quote unquote Satan. This is not true. Um, that's ego and fear talking. Basically, it's just a good way to see what's going on around you and to be aware of certain things that might be hidden to you because you're so far in it and so in the thick of things that you can't see it from an outside point of view. That's what divination does for you. It basically gives you a bird's eye view of the situation you're in and what your best course of action will be. Or if you're just like me, I'm apparently really masochistic and just like to get called out all the time <laughs> uh, because that's what tends to happen when you really get into divination ask anyone you just have a new person tool or you know phone phone line that you open up with your spirit guides or your spirit team for them to outright and blatantly just call you out on your shit so i hope you're ready to receive information that will indeed hurt your feelings but for th for the good of you um what are different divination tools out there well the biggest and main one that you're going to hear about is tarot now what are tarot tarot is a deck of cards um which are a great tool for you to really reconnect with your intuition your your gut feeling if you will and to also connect with your spirit guides and your loved ones and your ancestors on the other side that may have, well, not may, that will have messages for you and that want to be there and want to help you on your journey through 
this human experience. Now, your tarot is basically a deck of, oh God, I can't remember around, I believe it's like around 75, 75 cards. Let me just take a look here. Oh my God. I should memorize this, but guys, it's been so long since I've actually woken up. 78 cards. I was so close. I was so close. I was three cards out. So it's a deck of 78 cards and it's kind of broken down into a system of what we call the major arcana and the minor arcana. So what the major arcana is, it is a, a plethora of cards that hold archetypical uh, types of situations that you'll go through in life and that you hear in stories like, you know, when you're having a situation where you can't see the outcome or you can't see why it's not working out. So you have to look at, at it from a different perspective. That would be called the hangman card, where someone is literally hanging from their foot upside down. But by doing so, they're seeing the situation from a different viewpoint. That's what the major arcana is. It's basically like those big moments in life that most, if not all of us share, and that's going on in your life. Um, and they kind of give you a basis of why it's happening, the emotions behind it, and what's really blocking you from learning those big lessons in life. They're also considered like destiny cards because they're a long lasting big impact card in your life. So if you get it in one of your readings, it means it's going to be a big impact on what's happening around you. It's going to be like a main theme type of deal. And then you have the minor Arcania. That is also divided into four separate groups. You have the swords, you have the cups, you have the pentacles, and then you have the wands. All of these represent different aspects of everyday life. So for example, you have the cups that represent emotions. You have the swords that represent mental simulation, the mental world, the intellect. And then you have the wands, which have to deal with everything creativity-wise. Think like if you have any kind of background in astrology, think of like the fire signs. You've got those like hot-headed, passionate people who love to do creative things, um, are very sexual, because let me tell you something if you want to know about that, Tara will tell you. Um, but yeah, like think about like Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, that would be your wands. Um, and then you have your swords, which are like your air signs. And then cups, like I said, are kind of like your your water signs, your Scorpios, your Cancers, your Pisces. And then lastly, you have your pentacles, which are like your earth signs. And those cards talk about basically the things in life that are material wealth to you or abundance. So like your money, your belongings, anything that makes you feel either insecure or secure in this life. Words are very hard, guys, apparently, but I'm still doing the podcast. Um, so then what happens is that is even divided more into 10 cards and then you've got your court cards. It's basically like playing cards because that's where the origins came from. Tarot came from when, um, 
you know, fortune tellers would take a deck of cards and they would shuffle them out and they would use those cards to tell you your fortune or, you know, what's going to happen to you in the near future. And then that turned into tarot cards later on. So let's go into the numbers because all of the numbers have specific meanings that are kind of um, the same in all of the decks. So it doesn't matter if you get a five of cups, if you get a five of swords, a five of pentacles, or a five of wands. They have this similar kind of themes in them. The only difference is what area in life that theme is going to be seen. And with minor cards, it's not as big or profound or like concrete as the major arcana. These things can be changed if you listen to the advice that your cards is giving to you and change kind of like the outcome or how much it affects you because you got the heads up. So let's start with the aces or the ones. These cards are kind of like the embodiment of what that suit deals with. So for example, the Ace of Cups has like a cup which is usually overflowing with water. And what that means is the embodiment of being completely filled with your emotions, whether good or bad. It's usually seen as a very good cup because it's the beginnings of something new, usually a relationship or being passionate and in love with something that you're working on. Um, and it shows with the cup being overflown. So it's really that like embodiment of exactly what that suit is going to be talking about. The beginnings, it's new beginnings, something new. There's so much potential in that card. So whenever it shows up in a reading for you, it's really great because you have that potential, that excitement that, ooh, let's see where this goes. Then you have the twos. Now, the twos almost always talk about bringing forth balance. We need balance in our lives. We need to have a little bit of our spirituality or subconscious and a little bit of our conscious. We can't live always in one world. We must always have our feet divided into both. That is the only way you're going to find balance and peace because just like nature, there should always be balance. You can't stay imbalanced forever. Something will always break. And usually those are what the cards are warning you about or talking about and trying to bring forth to your conscious mind. They're trying to bring it into your attention, into your radar. Something's out of whack, something's in balance, and you need to bring balance to that. So for example, again, with the Two of Cups, it shows that either you are finding balance in yourself or which is more so inclined to be true is that there's going to be a relationship in your life that brings forth happiness and balance. It's kind of like the archetypical um, honeymoon phase of a relationship. That's the one thing about cups. It, it has the same meaning of balance, but it brings forth that romanticism, that relationship side, because it is the suit of emotions. Whereas if you got the two swords, what's saying is it's saying you've got these emotions and they're like warring with you and usually in the card the person has a blindfold on which means you're not paying attention and you basically are trying to avoid your emotion and your intellect and you're just going fuck it if i don't see it it doesn't exist 
Um, which is never a good thing to do because someone will rip off that blindfold and make you look at it. And it's usually after the mess has been made. Um, and then you have the two of wands and that just talks about someone really starting out in their projects. Like you've got all of everything in front of you and now you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I balance this? Where do I go from here? What option do I take? Because it really talks about like having options and being in a crossroads. And usually when that shows up, it's telling you that. It's telling you either have two projects going on and you need to figure out which one deserves more of your attention or um, you've got like two loves and two passions in your life and you've got to balance them out because right now one of them's getting more than the other. And then we go into like the two pentacles, which talks about really balancing out um, everything that has to do with like your root chakra, or if you don't know anything about the chakras, I can definitely talk about it in a different episode, but to give you like a point form note, your root chakra talks about everything that makes you feel secure in the physical world. So like sex, we talk about, um, you know, your need for money, security, um, needing to be replenished by the earth, all those things that root you in your human experience that give you security and make you feel stable and make you feel grounded as well. And then you've got the other side of the pentacle where you have your spirituality, your crown chakra, the part of you that's connected to spirit. You've really got to balance those two. You can't be more one than the other because you, yes, are a spiritual being. But you're having a human experience and right now you're in your human body you can't just eat yourself out of that body we aren't doing astral projection yet and even then you still got to tether yourself to your body okay you can't just go free swimming and that's what that card basically talks about um yeah so and you've got those going on in the two of any of those suits and then you go into the threes the threes kind of talk about waiting and also putting in the work so when i say there's two types you've got like the wands and usually what that means is okay you've passed the two of wands where you've made your decision now you're kind of waiting to see if that was the right decision you're waiting to kind of see if your boats are going to come into the dock so to speak but then if you've got like the three of cups that usually talks about, you know, celebrating friendships or if you're doing like a love reading and you see the three of cups, y'all need to maybe check each other's phones because that usually talks about a third party. Um, and then you've got like the pentacles, the three of pentacles. You can see someone really working diligently on what they want. It's kind of like doing that manifesting stage of it. You're working, you're putting in the work, you're you're dealing with this and only this. You've kind of got like tunnel vision. It's good, but then you also got to make sure you have that balance. And then we go into the fours. The fours really, you can go either way. This is where it kind of divides in the cards because you'll have some that are really positive in the fours and then you have some that are not so positive. So for example, when you get the Four of Cups, it usually talks about someone who just went through a failure or they didn't get the results that they thought they were going to get. Or if you really want to talk about like emotions, because that's what it's based in, 
we can talk about the fact that it's like you just got out of a relationship or you had a really bad fight with your other person, your partner, and you have you're basically crying over spilt milk because one of the cups is spilt, but you're not saying that you still have three cups filled with passions and great things. So you're kind of in that like poor me, I'm a victim type of mindset. And then you've got like the four of wands, which is about celebration and spending time with your family. Sometimes it talks about weddings. If you're talking about what someone thinks of you, they really think you're great and you could fit in with their friend group or their life. And it's a really upbeat card. And then you get like the four swords. And what do you have? You have someone who needs rest like the four of swords is like bro you're burning your candle at two ends we're warning you now take a break have a nap time take you time because if you continue this with the way that the swords go it's just gonna get worse from here um and then you got like the four of pentacles and the four of pentacles again is just like bruh what are you doing let's make sure like yes you're still putting in the work but let's let's slow it down and bring some you know some balance into this then you go into the fives most if not all of the fives talk about something that's grief so basically with the cards you kind of go from your peak down to your valley and back to your peak again the fives are always going to be a valley with the five of cups Every time you get it, it's heartbreak. Something that broke your heart and now you are just super, super into that. Poor me. I've been hurt. I'm brokenhearted. It's really, it's a sad thing. It's just like um, for the three of swords, if you ever get that, the card is literally three swords and a heart and it really talks about heartbreak. Those two cards have like a very similar vibe to them. Um, the only difference is the Three of Swords is more a mental anguish, while the Five of Cups is more of the real emotional anguish. And then you have the Five of Swords. The Five of Swords talks basically about, you know, fighting. Um, yeah, so like the Five of Swords is kind of like fighting, but like, you know, suspicious fighting, like someone around you is trying to have their cake and eat it too. Um, and it's really shown by like the picture where someone's trying to take all five of the swords and run away and some of them are falling. So it really talks about like you being wary of who you surround yourself with because someone's not being truthful. And then you've got like the five of wands and the five of wands um, typically, depending on your deck, talks about you fighting, trying to like take a stand and fighting off people who are telling you what to do what not to do and you're trying to be on top um let me just take a sip of coffee oh yeah but yeah you're basically fighting off people's opinions of what you're doing in that moment and trying to stick your ground when you go to like the five of pentacles it usually talks about going into hermit mode a little bit you're trying to salvage and hold on to the little that you have because you feel like you're in a place of needing. In the card, most of the times you'll see two people in raggedy clothing uh, going past a church and 
the church usually has like stained glass windows and it's a show like a poverty mindset. So you're in the mindset at the moment of lacking. You don't have the funds or you don't have the stability that you really want. And then that goes into the sixes and the sixes are usually a great card because they talk about like successes, moving forward from bad situations. So with the Six of Cups, it's a little different. It usually talks about someone who's being nostalgic. You're looking back at like the good old days and getting stuck in those memories. Or a lot of the times it talks about like your ex coming back to you. Don't, don't do it. Everybody, I'm telling you right now, they're an ex for a reason, don't do it. I know it sounds good in the moment, but in the end it really isn't. <laughs> And then you've got like the Six of Pentacles and the Six of Pentacles really talks of you coming out of this poverty mindset and coming into a mindset where you're able to give to other people. You're, you're able to be charitable. You're able to be giving and give back to those who are in need like you were in need previously. With the Six of Swords, you basically have someone who's on a boat moving away to like an island. So what that talks about is really you leaving a bad situation behind and moving forward to a new beginning that is bigger and better for you. With the Six of Wands, you've literally got like a celebration of success. Um, and it's usually, it could be a big success, it could be a small success, it doesn't really matter, it's just a success and you really need to enjoy it. So this, this talks really about how you need to take that time to appreciate the little wins and every win because if you just go okay well that's off my list on to the next it doesn't really motivate you and it's not a really good way of living life like you got to sit and smell the roses and really appreciate how far you've come instead of just always looking about how far you still need to go because if you look at how far you've come it really shows you and gives you motivation to continue going and then you got your sevens sevens are usually about either abundance or it's about you know having lots of choices so like for the seven of cups it's usually about choices you have everything going on you have all these opportunities but you have to make a decision because if you don't make a decision someone else is going to and it's usually not the greatest outcome with a seven of pentacles it's basically talking about reaping what you've sown so everything that you worked on from like the three of pentacles on everything that you've sown is now being reaped and you've got all of that abundance that you've been working for and you're getting all of that like really good stuff that you've been working hard for you're seeing the fruits of your labor then you got the seven of swords which has a lot in common with the five of swords the only difference is, is like yeah there's someone super sneaky and you haven't been listening so they're continuing on and they're still trying to like take from you and they're doing shady shit. But now it's even worse because they think they can get away with it. So when you see that card, it's like a really big warning, like there's a snake in the garden kind of thing. And then you got the seven of wands. And with the seven of wands, it's kind of like you're in a situation of, okay, now what? What am I supposed to be doing right now? Like you've come at another crossroads because you've been fighting and fighting for what you wanted. But now you're like, is it actually what I wanted? Is this really the best for me? And you've kind of come into like a standstill type of situation. And it kind of talks about asking others for opinions. And you're walking away from what you've been working for because it's not going as you seem. So 
there's a mixture of good things and bad things in the sevens. Then you have like the eights. Now the eights usually talk about either getting back into the grind or something coming really quick to you or being at a standstill. So with the eight of cups, it's walking away and leaving behind a situation that no longer fulfills you emotionally. It's basically like the six of swords, but emotionally. And you just have decided like, it's no longer worth it. It's not working for you and you need to move on. With the eight of pentacles, you're basically going back to the grind. Like, yeah, you got your fruits of labor, but now you got to continue so you can sustain yourself. With the eight of swords, it's just talking about you not looking at your emotions. You're not looking at yourself and you're do and you're refusing to look at a situation the way it needs to be looked at. So it's seen as you being tied up and surrounded by swords. And there's only one person that can take you out of that situation, which is yourself, because you're not looking at it. You refuse to. You let yourself be in a victim situation because you want to because you don't want to do that confrontation of what you know is true. And then you got the Eight of Wands, which is basically, I call it the card of coming in hot. So whatever you're asking about, it's coming and it's coming in hot. It's coming fast. It's coming in furious. So get ready because, you know, be careful what you wish for because it's truly coming to you. Um, and then you've got the Nines. So you're almost done your journey into these, you know, minor arcana journeys for all four. And with the Nines, it's really either showing you like enough is enough you're almost at the like bitter end that last straw that breaks the camel back is like it's ready like you're ready to pop or you're you're really like in a good place so for like the nine of cups it's basically like you're receiving those manifestations like you're partying you're having a good time like you're happy like you've almost gotten everything you ever wanted and more with the nine of sacred pentacles you've got basically the same kind of mindset but it's different you've come to a place of being more wise being more street wise or street smarts you've grown into your wisdom and knowledge of the abundance and what that looks like for you what do you need to be sustained and secure with the nine of swords you're kind of basically having a little bit of a mental breakdown there's just so much anguish and fighting and craziness going on that you're almost ready to just like throw in the towel don't but that's kind of where your mindset is if you see this card and then the nine of wands is basically very similar in that energy because you've got someone holding on to nine staffs in their back and they're going up a hill and it's just so hard and like you still have so much to go and they're just ready to give up because it's so hard don't this is telling you, yes, you're in a hard situation, but soon enough you're going to get to that peak, that peak, that high, that greatness, and you're no longer going to be in that valley. So don't give up. When it gets hard, it means you're almost there. And then we get to the tens. And the tens are like the alchemation of everything in the deck. So with Ten of Cups, you're getting everything you wished for. It's like that wish fulfillment card. With a Ten of Pentacles, it's the same thing, only in different mindsets. So for like Ten of Cups, it's like everything you ever wished for emotionally is there. For the Ten of Pentacles, it's everything you ever wished for in abundance and physical things is going to be there. 
with the Ten of Swords, it's like all the mental anguish that you've gone through, it's done. The worst has happened. It's over. Now you can come back and rebirth to a better you. With the Ten of Wands, it's kind of like you've done everything in your project. You're at the very end. You're at the editing stage. You're done. Like every hard part of it is done. And now you can just like take a break, breathe that sigh of relief, let go of that, those wands and just be like, okay, now let's get to the happy part where we finish it and then send it off. And then that turns into our lovely court cards. Now with these cards, they usually have like archetypal people in your life or um, like personality traits that you need to embody or do embody. Um, and you've got four of those. You've usually got the page, you've got the knight, you've got the queen, and you've got the king. So for example, for the swords, the page usually talks about um, a message coming your way. Um, and it's a quick message. It could be someone who's like very childlike. Um, you think like someone like who's in elementary school, that's the type of like vibration that these cards give you. And usually the message is mental or it's something of an intellectual message. With the Knight of Swords, it's very similar. You're still getting a message, but it's from someone older, um, like teen years to early adulthood. And they talk about someone who's coming in swiftly, is giving you this quick like intellectual message or situation, and then they're out. They don't really stick around the page at night. Um, and then you go into the Queen and King, and those are like the archetypical uh, feminine and masculine divine um, vibrations and basically talks about people who have mastered their intellectual being. They know how to, you know, have that balance of intellectually and emotionally. You know, they know how to be soft and when to be firm and when to cut people off, but also not to be, you know, too intellectualized and too emotional. They're just in that sweet spot that everyone needs to be. And really, same goes for all the other cups and pentacles and wands. Differences like for pentacles, the knight of pentacles isn't so much uh, as quick as, let's say, the wands or the swords. Um, they're a little bit slower moving and they don't leave as quickly, but the message is very stable. Uh, just the same thing goes for the king and queen. For the wands, they're more... Uh, if you get like the King of Wands, a lot of people will talk about that being, you know, the dick card. And it's true. <laughs> see, I might get a dick pic if you see that. Um, or, you know, a sexual message coming your way. And those are the archetypical of tarot. That's one form of divination. It's usually the one that everyone starts off with or the one that breaks the seal for people who are coming into a spiritual divination or spirituality in general. But then you also have Lenormand cards. Um, and the difference between Lenormand and Tarot is Tarot is more emotional based. So it'll tell you the reasons behind people's actions, the reasons why things are occurring, the reasons why or how you feel or how somebody else feels about the situation. With Lenormand, it's the actual situation. They're basically like pictographs and you're putting picture to picture to add them together and make a sentence to show you what 
might happen or what situations will occur in your future. Um, and then you have oracle cards. And oracle cards are like the cards in the sweet spot between tarot and Lenormand. They basically give you like a little blurb that's more specific than tarot, but still more vague than the Lenormand. And it's got to like a little bit more... Mm, they're more specific in a sense that you have different kind of oracles for different things. Like you have answer oracles. You have oracles that are connected to deities or like mermaids or whatever that vibes with you. So they're right in that speed, sweet spot between uh, Tarot and Lenormand. They're probably easier to get into after you have a basis with Tarot. Uh, whereas Lenormand, you can pick it off whenever because it's completely different than Tarot. And then you got, you know, palmistry. You've got tea leaf reading, coffee readings. You can really do any type of divination with just about anything. Um, and then you have pendulum readings. And pendulums are basically kind of like a necklace or any kind of stone that's connected to a chain. And usually if you don't have a pendulum board, which is just like a cloth that has a circle that has like an arrow pointing for yes, an arrow pointing for no, maybe, and rephrase. And those are really great to connect to your higher self, your spirit team, your ancestors to help you get like a specific yes, no, maybe, or rephrase kind of answer. Because with Tarot and Lenormand, they'll give you the situation. They might give you a card and you get the vibe of a yes, but they're usually not for that. They're more for information base as to what's going on around you and what advice they have if you just want like a straight yes or no your pendulum's the best way to go however there are do's and don'ts about that for example before you do a pendulum reading you got to make sure you're protecting your energy in your space and if you don't know how to do that please go to uh, my previous episode which talks about the do's and don'ts of energy protection uh you should do shadow work as well before doing any kind of divination so that you kind of have a little bit more of a clear reading and a clear uh, phone line to spirit and your higher self. So there's no like broken telephone going on with the messages you receive. And also you have to be sure you're super grounded. And when you do your pendulum or any kind of reading, don't forget to show gratitude and say thank you to your ancestors, your spirit guides, your higher self for answering these questions for you, for giving that advice. They're there to do that, but it's always great to show appreciation so they're not feeling, you know, stunted. I mean, we like to hear appreciation when we do something for other people. So do our spirit teams and our higher selves and our ancestors. Um... So whenever you ask a question with a pendulum or your tarot, don't be afraid to actually don't forget, not afraid, don't forget to say thank you for them answering these questions for you that you're asking about, uh, especially when you're asking about your love life. I know that's usually where people go for. Yeah, they're going to hear you ask the same question different ways and you're not going to like the answers you get nine times out of ten. So really, really appreciate them for that because the patience is astronomical take it from someone who knows <laughs> um and also don't forget to ask for specific beings to answer your questions so like when you're asking with your pendulum make sure you you say that you want your higher self your spirit guides and your ancestors and no one else to answer these questions because just like in the real world on the spirit world you have jokers you have 
spirits or people who want to fuck with you just just for the shits and giggles or you know they have like ulterior motives you don't want that so you kind of have to be very specific as to who's answering the phone it's just like when you call someone everyone has a specific number because you want to talk to a specific person the spirit world works the exact same way when you're using any divination tool because a divination tool is basically like you opening up a landline from you to spirit or the universe or god or whatever you want to call they're all the same and all in one and yeah all right so let's talk about what tools i would advise you never to use there's really only one and that one tool is a ouija board yeah i know shocker i tried to use it once never will do it again nothing happened because i was like very protected and we didn't do it right and we didn't read the instructions think the spirits and the hand sensors that were that that day to like protect us but i re i refuse and i advise people not to because ouija boards really are like opening a portal and like a landline where you have to specifically call one person this one is kind of like a megaphone and you're just calling out to the void and anyone and anything can pick up and come and talk to you there's no way around that so i would just advise never to use a ouija board everyone that i've ever talked to who has used one who has had results they're always bad results so i just advise against it period I mean, if you do it, do it at your own risk, but I, I advise you never to use the Ouija board. It just never ends well. Um, some do's and don'ts. Well, I've really, really talked about most of them. You know, the do's. Use protection. Make sure you're grounded before using any of these tools. Um, do some shadow work beforehand just to make sure like your energy is clear and you're getting the clearest message you possibly can from spirit and your guides um always show gratitude and thank them for answering these questions that you ask it really opens up that um that you know that free wave with you and your spirit guides um and it just shows gratitude and gratitude is always great to be shown um don't do not do readings when you are not properly grounded. Don't do them without protection because that's basically just opening yourself up to any kind of spiritual or energetic attack. Don't just, you know, do these readings. You want to see if someone likes you or if they love you or blah, 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 blah. My best, my best ever advice I can give you about divination because I know what the first thing you're going to do is is love readings and to see if that guy or that girl or they or them you know feel the same way you do this is the best advice I've ever gotten in my 27 years of living on this earth and I'm going to tell it to you and I hope it sticks if someone likes you or if someone is interested in you they'll make it known like you'll know there will be no questioning about it you'll know if they don't like you or if they're not interested you're going to be confused okay let that sink in if someone is interested they will let it be known if they're not interested and they're just doing it because of ego or because they're showing you uh, you're showing them attention that they like you will be left confused the cards don't have to tell you that. 
I can tell you that right here and right now. And let me tell you, if you go for the cards, they're going to tell you the exact same thing and they probably will be more ruthless about it. And not only that, if you keep asking the same question because you don't like the results, then they're just going to talk about everything and anything else except for what you're asking about. Or they just won't give you an answer. That happens too, especially with pendulums. If you're not supposed to know the answer, it just won't give you one. It's because some things are just not meant to be known at that time. So that's my advice for that. My other advice is if you're going to go into these divination tools, you need to ask yourself this question first. Are you ready to receive a message, an outcome, or information that A, will not be what you want to hear, B, will not reverb what you want to hear, and C, may hurt your feelings? because it's not the outcome that you want it to be. When you're doing this, you need to let go of the need to control the outcome of your reading or of any type of situation, because it's not gonna happen. You need to be open to taking that advice that is given to you and to understand that certain situations are going to happen and result in different things than you want because they're not as great for you as you think they are. There are bigger and better things out there and that's okay but that's going to be your biggest aha if you start going into divination and let's go lastly to talking a little bit about divine timing now i just recently had like an aha moment myself you know a light bulb moment a download whatever you want to call it just this past weekend and what it was was it was about divine timing because as someone who's been reading and doing divination for over seven years now. The question I always get at the end is, well, how long until these results? Well, how long until this happens? And I was well, always very wary of giving like time frames because first off, everything that happens in our physical reality first happens and manifests in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual reality. So everything that's meant to happen has already happened there and we're just waiting for the results here. And that takes time because timing is very different in the spiritual realm than it is here. And it's all happening at the same time because time is not linear. We'll talk more about that when we're really going into like the rabbit hole of spirituality. I'm just trying to ease y'all in, but this is true. Well, I watched, I don't know who was here with TikTok. I most certainly am. But this person basically said, this is why divine timing is kind of clickbait because we're like, oh, it's divine timing. Things will happen when it's divinely meant to. Okay, but you just have to be patient. What does that mean? Well, it's actually not you have to be patient. It's actually you have to listen and take the advice and put in the work and actions that your spirit team, your higher self and your ancestors are telling you to do. That's what tarot's so great about. It gives you that information so you got like a heads up because when you come into this human experience, your memory is completely wiped. So you got to start from get go, but they're, he they're like your cheat sheets. They're like your, your people to be like, yo, if you do this, this is going to happen, but they can't really say that. So they just tell you to do this because it's good for you because they can't tell you what's going to happen because then you get obsessive about what's going to happen. And then that's all you worry about. And then you don't really worry about the work that you need to do or the journey, the experience to get there, which is actually more important. 
So this is how it goes. For you to manifest for it come in divine timing, what basically that means is there could be seven spiritual lessons that you need to do before that comes to you. It's like a checklist. You got to do that checklist before it actually manifests into real life. So that way, when it does manifest, it's not like fleeting. You know, it's kind of like those people who win the lottery. If they've never had to deal with money before, or if they've never had so much money in their life, usually by the first year, they're broke again because they use it all. They haven't done the proper research. They haven't gotten the knowledge that they need to be savvy with money. It's the same thing with divine timing. You need to go through those lessons that are prerequisites, just like school, before you get that big certificate. Like you have to do the prerequisites before you get that degree same kind of concept with divine timing before you get that great relationship with your twin flame or your soulmate you gotta get through all of the shadow work all of the inner work all of the inner healing to make you the best partner for that person so that they are the best partner for you and so that relationship actually glows and flourishes and is healthy and doesn't become toxic and codependent And that is why divine timing works like that. It's not linear, has nothing to actually do with time. It could take you years. It could take you weeks. It could take you months. All that matters is that you do what's on that checklist of prerequisites before it shows up in your reality. That's all that matters. Time doesn't. So I can't really give you a time frame because it all depends on you and how willing and quickly you go through those lessons and actually learn and enjoy the experience. And then the reward is what you're trying to manifest. Boom. I know. My mind was completely and utterly blown. I literally sat for 10 minutes and just stared at a wall because I was so shooketh. And then I told people and the same thing happened to them. I know. And all of these came from just one TikTok and maybe a little weed. But you know, that helps you too. If it helps you connect with spirit, do what you gotta do. But I hope that helps anyone who is worried about outcomes and worry about the timing. Timing has nothing to do with it. It's the work you got to put into it first before you get the result. Because if you don't put the work and the time, it's going to be fleeting. It's not going to be as fulfilling and it's not going to be long lasting and sustainable. You got to do the work first. All right, well. That's the end of this episode. I hope it brought you some enlightenment on your way today of either driving, making breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever time it is finding you. Doing your laundry, like I said. I know I have laundry and it's going to be five to seven business days before I finally fold it and put it away. Sadly, our mad tea party has come to its end and it's time for you to find your way back home from spiritual wonderland. Don't lose your head, and I'll see you all next week with more spilling of the spiritual tea. Witchy Rose is out.